hey, we're here in the house of the Lord, and we're here to learn and grow, and so I just want to uh, get after this new series called Doctrine. Doctrine, I wrote it down, here's the definition, uh, a body or system of teaching related to a particular subject. Okay, so we're going to get after some teaching today, some sound doctrine, and uh, don't be scared off, it's all from the scriptures, it'll be great. Um, Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll get after it. Uh, The particular topic or subject that we have before us is God our Father, and I think you'll see that in Ephesians chapter 1 all over the place. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, that means messenger or eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. He was made a messenger by God's will. That's important. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. These are committed followers of Jesus Christ. Committed followers of Jesus Christ. This is who he's speaking to. Grace to you and peace to you from God. What does it say? Come on now, you reading the same Bible I am? What does it say? Our Father. Our Father. God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So isn't it cool? uh, The Bible has a lot to say about God. And that's the only reason you know anything about God. You would know nothing about him apart from uh, creation, history, and the written word of God. And so it's so cool to see God for who he is. Now, our Father. This is kind of tenuous. I'm I'm out on thin ice right now. How many of you guys know your Father? Okay, because I know not everybody does know their Father. All right? Uh, how well do you know your father? How well do you know your father? I want to know him well. I want to know my dad well. Uh, I've missed my dad a little bit preparing to preach this uh, message. Uh, uh, was several years ago now that I wrote my dad, uh, who has passed now, uh, some five years ago, I think it was. Yeah, five, six. Um, it was... It was a few years ago I wrote him a Christmas tribute. I'm not going to read it all for you, but I just think it's a, it's a great idea. If you know your dad really well, I know there's some bad things, right? But there's a ton of good things. And at Christmas, uh, wouldn't you just write down some things that are just memorable to you, that are really good about your dad, and just uh, roll up to him on Christmas Day and say, Dad, I'd like to give you a Christmas tribute. And if you can, if you have a dad, I would just recommend to you, you do it now. I'm so glad I did it some 10, 13 years ago because my dad's not here this year, right? So just think about it. Just think about it. I wanted to to mention that to you. Um, A Christmas tribute to dad. uh, So many good things about my dad in remembrance of him. Just just a couple words that I could stand up and say, Dad, I love you. Thanks for loving me. Pretty intimate. I mean, I was weeping. He was crying. It's pretty intimate. See, I think that's what it's about. This, this title, Our Father, it's, it's intimate. My dad, Tom Diedrich, was a man of few words. Soft-spoken, but he really loved people. Really, really loved people. 
I'll never forget that about him. I'll never forget really anything about him. But we're back to the point, how well do you know your Heavenly Father? That's really what it's about now, isn't it? My dad has passed, but I have a Heavenly Father. How well do you know your Heavenly Father? That grieves me a little bit. I should have read more of the Word in the last 42 years. Minus five, I guess I didn't know how to read for five years. <laughs> I was just adding that up. Hold on. I'm not 47. How well do you know your Heavenly Father? I mean, it's right in front of us, right? We got the Bible open. So let's, let's read about Him. And we're blessed to know Him. How, let's read about Him, okay? Uh, verses 3 through uh, the end of the chapter. Let me just read it for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose, the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved, that's Jesus. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, that's sins, in case, yeah, you're using big words. <laughs> According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. I love that word, lavished. God lavished his love, his blessing on you. He lavished it. I just think of bread and butter. Bread is only an avenue to butter. So the thicker the butter, the better. That's lavish, right? Lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Hoping we get some of that today. Making known to us. That's what he did. The mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, Jesus, we have obtained inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to come to hope in Christ, I mean, can you imagine in the first century? They were the first. But hey, let's not leave you out. Maybe you're the first one in your family to come to hope in Christ. Yeah, come on now. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, you're going to hear it today, maybe you've heard it before, the gospel of your salvation and believed, that's the response, believed in him. Have you ever believed in Jesus? Do you believe he exists? Do you believe he came, that he died, that he rose again? I believe that. The Bible tells us that. And believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Here's what he prays. That my God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you Merry Christmas from God the Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Open our eyes, God, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the working, uh, the working of his great might that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised Jesus, him, from the dead and seated him, Jesus, at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he, our Father, put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church. Hey, thanks for coming today. God gave you a gift, church. God gave you a gift. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Our Father, God, is the topic today, and uh, there's so much I have to say about him. It's a little bit scattered. What do you say about a person that is beyond your comprehension? I'm kind of at a deficit already. Um, But let me just start with a few verses, okay? So let me put them on the screen. Isaiah 45, 5 and 6 says, I am the Lord. There is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me. You do not know me. Ooh, but I want to, but I want to. That people may know. So I equip you so that you will know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none other. And then this in Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. Just write these down and go back to them. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man... Boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let me ask you, what have you boasted in this week? Man, I'm pretty good at that. We wrote a song. How good are we? You just think about it. I mean, we kind of have the tendency, tendency to kind of like build herself up a bit. It's not bad or wrong, but he says, hey, don't boast in any of that stuff. Boast in this. Here's what it says. Here's what it says. I wasn't done with that slide. I got to get the end. But let the man who boasts boast in this, that he understands and that he knows me that he understands and that he knows me. 
that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Now, these are all justice, righteousness, steadfast love. These are all attributes of God, right? Now, this last verse, just the end. Um, you know, the far, part about he seduces you with flattery and all that, that's the Antichrist, it's the Satan himself and all that. But, but, in the end times, when all that goes down, here's what Daniel says. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. So if you know God, you're going to stand firm in this world. If you know God, you're going to take action in this world. Stand firm, take action. Write those words down. If you know God, and I pray that you will after this message, then I pray that you will stand firm in who you know God to be and that you will take action I think of the end of Ephesians where he says, stand firm and take action, right? As a soldier of Jesus Christ. The Bible fits together. Write this down. We are blessed to know the, our Father. We are blessed to know our Father. You're blessed. I'm blessed. Blessed to come to a church that preaches the word of God. Plus to have people listening right now blessed we're blessed but we are most blessed to know our father god now a little history of uh father uh only 15 times in the old testament is father used of god and mostly in the context of father of the nation of israel but guess what jesus came that's what we're celebrating this month right and Jesus changed all that because Jesus' favorite name for God was Father. 165 times in the Gospels, he's like, Father, Daddy, Abba. John 17, this prayer I would call this the Lord's Prayer, but at the end he says in verse 25 and 26, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I'm trying to communicate to these guys, God. I made known to them your name. What's his name? Come on, church, what's his name? Father, that's his name. I made known to them your name. I said it 165 times. Recorded. And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Abide, abide, okay? That we may abide. So you have the Father. That's his name. And it's a very intimate name. How are you going to know that name? God's written word reveals who God is. That's the first thing. God's written word reveals. I've said in creation and in history and in the scriptures. Okay, now, you might say, well, I don't have a copy of God's word. Well, we tried to give you one today. You can take it with you and read it. it. It'll reveal to you who God is. Okay, what about the guy in Africa who doesn't have the word of God? You go to Romans 1 and read it. Okay, creation screams the existence of God, right? If you have a watch on your wrist, it demands that there was a person that made that watch, right? 
There's a watchmaker, right? There's somebody manufactured that thing. If you live in a world as complex and as awesome as us, somebody had to create that world. Who did that? Well, the Bible tells us who did it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible assumes the existence of God. It just says, in the beginning of God. God, just assuming that God was always there. And so God has these attributes. I'm going to throw them on the screen. Um, here they are. Okay, so attributes of God, there's 21 of them. There's probably more, and you could figure them out. And uh, if you read books like this, uh, this would be good late night reading. Uh, Bible Doctrine by Wayne Gruden. And this is another book, which is a little easier to digest. And uh, this is just called Christian Beliefs. I would recommend this to any believer of Jesus Christ, okay? Um, these are great tools to learn more about God. These all come from God's word. They're attributes. They're characteristics. This is true of God. This is who he is. You see two headings, incommunicable. That means um, they're shared less, right? Some people say they're not shared, but... I think they're shared less, okay? These are shared less, and uh, because God, uh, even though we weren't in eternity past, and he was, he has eternity, right? He is eternity. Um, he says we will live for eternity, right? So he's sharing that with us, okay? So these are shared less, uh, and then these are shared, communicable, are shared more, right? They're more shared with us. God says, be holy as I am holy. I want to share this with you. And the only way you know how to do it, and the only way you can do it, is through me. Same with love. Uh, I just picked out five that I thought were the top five. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. Okay, we're all getting to know God. But here they are. Just give you five. Uh, God is sovereign. God is self-existent, unchanging. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. I mean, he's all that. He's sovereign overall. In our text, there's one thing here that's really clear. Look at verse 4, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. There's several attributes in that verse, but he chose us. That's election. God's sovereign. People have a hard time reconciling this because, you know, in order to get really theological with this and develop a theological system, you either have to throw away God's sovereignty or you have to throw away the free will of man. I would just say to you, don't throw away either. Understand that it only makes sense in the mind of God and not in your mind. These two things converge, and when they converge, they converge in the mind of God, and he gets it, and you don't. Hold them both. Okay? I think it was Spurgeon, maybe it was Tozer, that said, uh, you know, you enter heaven, and there's this banner that says, all who will may come. Right? And then you go through, and you look back, and there's this banner, and it says, chosen before the foundations of the world, right? Same banner, 
same word says both things. I have to choose. God already chose. You've got to wrestle in that tension. And so do I. But election is to pick, to call out, to name one out. God has free and absolute control, and he will accomplish it. I want you to think of this. This is just precious to me. It's an illustration I heard, and I think it's just awesome. Anybody ever been to a stadium? I'm thinking you should buy some tickets to the Super Bowl this year. I'm thinking you should. I mean, they're going to be really expensive, but I think this is the year. Anybody been to the new stadium? Yeah, a few of you guys. Okay, good. Uh, anybody been to a stadium? Raise your hand if you've been to a stadium. Awesome. Now, I've been to a stadium, and you know, usually when I go to a stadium, because it's cheaper, I sit in the nosebleeds, right? So I remember one time I was at Lucas Oil Stadium to watch a game, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Noah's favorite player. And so we were there after Act Like Men, and uh, we, we went, and, uh, and we sat way up there. I mean, what section? I mean, it was, ooh, <laughs> it felt like the place is moving up there, all right? But I want you to imagine with me that somebody you really wanted to meet never met before for Noah, what would it be Peyton Manning? walked into the building, into the stadium, and they put his picture up on the jumbotron, and you were like, woo I would do anything to meet that guy, right? So important. Maybe it's the President of the United States. I don't know. For you, maybe it's somebody you want to meet. And they enter the stadium, and they come to your end of the stadium, and you're like, whoa close. And they start to trek up the stairs, right? To your section. And then they climb up the stairs to your row. By now your heart's beating. Pain <laughs> manic. Right? And they go like this down the row until they get right in front of you. Can you imagine that? They say, you. I want you. That's what God did for you. At the beginning of it all. Now just, it's so important that you know it was at the beginning of it all. It wasn't like God saw you one day and said, Mo, I like him. He's handsome. <laughs> right? I think I'll take that one. Oh, that guy, he has a lot of talents. I'm not sure how he got it, but I'll... Or that girl, she's cute. I'll have her... Like, before it was ever in existence, he went down the road, looked you in the eye, and said, I'll take you. That's God. And that's sovereignty. Then there's God is wise... God is wise. It says here that he'll give you a spirit of wisdom and enlighten you in our passage. God always chooses the best goals and the best means to the goals because he's wise. And just like when he's sovereign, you want to follow him because he's worth following. When he's wise, and God is, 
You want to seek him, right? I've been ripping the cover off of Proverbs lately, seeking the Lord, seeking wisdom. God is wise. You can find that in Romans 11, 33 through 36. I'm going to give you some verses so that you can get into the word more this week. This third thing, God is good. God is good. God is good. You can trust him. God is the final standard of good. And all that God is and does is worthy of approval. And you're like, but I didn't think he was good this week. (laughs) How's God good? I got a call today from our pastor in Madison, Wisconsin. Glad you went at a different week because today he won't be preaching. He lost his voice. Hey, Dave. I don't think you're going to be preaching this morning. And the worst part is, it's parent-child dedication this morning. Oh, that's going to hurt. But if you believe in the God I believe in, God has a plan for that. And he's good in it. And I don't know what God's teaching Dave, and I don't know what God's doing with the people that we've sent there this week, and I don't know what everybody needed. Maybe the people that were coming to parent-child dedication needed to hear something different today. But there'll be a different preacher. And God's good. The word will go out. The gospel will be proclaimed. We can trust God. God's good. He gives good gifts in our passage here. And then this, God is holy. (laughs) That we should be holy and blameless before him, he is holy. God's holiness means that he is separate from sin. And him being separate from sin is a pattern for you to follow. That we might be separate from sin. 1 Peter 1, 5-17 says these things. And Isaiah 6 is an astounding throne room passage that says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Revelation 4 says the same thing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is full of his glory. There are angels saying that to God right now because he's holy. He's holy. What are you saying to God right now? How are you thinking about God? See, how we think about God matters. <laughs> I like to say this, like, uh, we think about God with our head. We know that's what we're going for, right? Knowing God. And remember, we're talking to believers here, to the faithful who know him, right? They know him in their heart. He's captured their heart. He's opened their eyes to see that he's God. You have thinking. Maybe some of you guys are thinking about God. I pray that you would know him. Okay, if you know God, you know what's next? You obey him. You obey him with your hands and your feet and your mouth and your ears, what you let in, and your eyes. And if you do all that and you obey him, guess what comes after that? You enjoy him. You enjoy him. Big smile on your face. That's what comes after that. 
You're like, I'm enjoying who God is because this is the book that he gave me to live in and to, to obey and to abide in. And this is the best life for me. And when I do these things, there's nothing but joy. Even in the hardest of times, it's like, yep. It's crazy. And therefore, let me say this last fifth one. God is love. God is love. Worship him. If God is holy, we should fear him. And if God is love, we should worship him. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. God eternally gives himself for others. He's loving. It's a steadfast love. So no matter how you feel right now, you need to think, think, think clearly about who God is, okay? Sometimes when we feel wrongly, it's because we've thought wrongly about God. Have a wrong feeling, that's because I have a wrong thinking, a wrong understanding, a wrong knowledge of who God is. The second thing, not only does God's written word reveal who he is, but God's written word reveals God's plan for us. And i got to be a little bit quicker now, but God's written word reveals God's plan for us. Verses 7 through 10, we're going to cover that a little bit more next week. It's all about Jesus Christ in him, his blood, his redemption, his adoption, his forgiveness of sins, all these different things. It's the mystery. But it's in Jesus, okay? We'll cover that next week. But he says, look at it now in verse 9. How about verse 8? He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us, those four words are very important, making known to us the mystery, we're going to get to that in chapter 3, of his will according to his purpose, so much will and purpose, it's always his, which he set forth in Christ as a, do you see it there? As a plan. God has a plan for us, church. God has a plan, and it is the church. God has a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. I don't know how much you know about heaven. Probably only what the Bible tells you. I don't know how much you know about earth. Well, whatever you've seen and whatever the Bible will tell you. But it's clear here from God's written word that God has a plan for us. And you want to know what his plan is? Anybody? It's right here in Ephesians. It's right there in verse 11 or verse 10. It's a plan to unite all things in Jesus Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. You could just write that down. Our unity in, in the church through Jesus you could read down to uh, verse 22 of chapter 1. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I'm just going to flip back one page in my Bible to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 say this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. We know who the woman is, right? Mary. That's what we're celebrating this month. Born under the law. He was a Jew. Under the law. 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Notice the word we. There's more than one son. There's we. We're all going to be sons or daughters if we believe in Jesus Christ. But we're adopted. Jesus wasn't adopted. Jesus is the one and only son of God. But we're all adopted sons and daughters. And because you were sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, Daddy. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And that's encouraging. I don't know if that makes your heart race, but that just makes me want to go to heaven now and curl up in the lap of my father and just say, Daddy, thanks for welcoming me home. Ephesians 4 likely uh, are just, just as important. Uh, verse 3 says, Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope that belongs to your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The book of Ephesians might have something to do with the word one. And there is unity in the church through Jesus. There is one son, Jesus Christ. But because of all the work he has done, you now can be an adopted son or adopted daughter of God, our Father. That's his plan for you. And it's an amazing plan. Here's the last thing about God. It's in verses 11 through 14. It says, In him we, will, we have obtained, have obtained. Remember, it's have obtained because he's talking to believers who are faithful. Right? So if you have not obtained that yet, today's a good day for you. Right? If you've not obtained uh, sonship, daughtership in Christ, right? Adopted into the family, God is your father. If you haven't obtained that, then let me just say to you, today's a great day for you because you can be in the family. But he's speaking to those that are already in. He says, in him, Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We'll get to verses 13 and 14 in a couple weeks with the sealing of the Holy Spirit. More to come. God in three persons. It's the Trinity. I'm not going to blow your mind now. All right. Read the book. It was interesting. Here's the point. And he uses the word predestination. Okay? Uh, back to that stadium where God chose you. Have you ever been to uh, the supermarket? You ever been to like Walmart? You go shopping there? I'm not, I can't go grocery shopping anymore. My, my wife won't let me go anymore. Okay? Because the cart's either way too full and we've overshot our budget because I feel good today. Or, or it's like, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. And so then she can't get everything she needs and she's frustrated, right? I can't go to the, I can't, she won't take me. 
All right, she will not take me. But, but I have been there enough to know that this happens, right? Where somebody goes, I don't know why this would even happen, but somebody goes and they fill their cart with all these groceries and then, since it's sitting there without an owner, they walked out. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever seen a full shopping cart and you're just like, what's going on? This doesn't make any sense to me, man. Like, were you just like coming to the like grocery store and just filling a cart and leaving? Seems like a waste of time to me. Getting everything you need. There it is. Chose it all. Boom. And they just walk out. See, but that's the thing with God. He didn't just chose you, choose you. <laughs> chose. He chose you. I just want to say it that way. He didn't just choose you. You know what he did? He put you in the cart, right? He took you off the shelf. Yeah, hey. But he checked out. He paid the price for you. That's the difference, right? So and that's the predestination, right? He, he paid the price for you. He's like, I'm not just going to pick you. I'm going to pay for you. I'm going to take you home with me. You're going to be a son of mine. I'm going to give you an inheritance. You're mine. That's good news. God's written word reveals God's gift to me. God's gift to me is an inheritance, incorruptible, imperishable, never fading, having been predestined, marked out before hand. He chose me. He designed it to be this way. My inheritance through faith in Jesus. It comes through belief. So he says that a couple times in here. He says it in verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever heard the gospel? Yes or no? Okay, great. Okay. Have you ever believed that to be true? Okay. Now, if you've never heard the gospel, you're hearing it today. If you've never believed, opportunity today. Because God wants to give you a gift. It's the best gift you could ever receive. There's nothing under the Christmas tree at home that's going to be better than this gift. Not this Christmas, not ever at Christmas. God, his gift to you is an inheritance through faith in Jesus Christ. You're going to share the same inheritance that Jesus shared. It's going to be astounding. It's going to be eternity in heaven with God the Father forever. The gospel of your salvation if you believe in him, that is Jesus. And then he says it again. Look at verse uh, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, do you see the gift? May give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. I'm praying right now as I'm preaching that God will open your eyes to see that Jesus is Lord and that God the Father's plan to, was to save you today from the foundation of the earth. That whoever will may come, and that he chose you before time 
ever started, for the clock ever ticked one. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And that, and what is the immeasurable greatness, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, there it is, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him, Jesus, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in the spiritual realm and above every name that's named in the physical realm, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. I want to go back to two words. Immeasurable greatness. I'm asking you to believe in Jesus Christ. And some of you guys are like trying to measure it up, right? You're like, well, let me measure, right? Let me, let me, let me figure out if it's going to fit my, uh, my world, if, if it's true or not. Let me, let me measure that. The word there is immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. I know some of you are trying to measure it up. I know you are. You can't. Don't do it. Don't try. You'll sit here day after day trying to measure it up. It doesn't matter. measure up. It doesn't add up. What God did for you doesn't make sense. Nobody's doing that for you. Not on earth. Only Jesus. So don't try to measure it up. It doesn't add up. This is your only hope. Belief in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He paid for your sin. Now you can know, I mean know in your heart, your Father, your true Father, God Almighty, who gave you Jesus, that you may know, that you might be blessed to know Him. All right, now, we haven't, Hardly scratch the surface of God. You can go read some more books. I will too. And uh, we're just going to keep pursuing him. But what he's revealed is enough. It's enough to what? To accept by faith and then go to heaven and experience for eternity. It's enough for that. So my question to you is, Do you know how much God loves you? I mean, really, do you know how much God loves you? Have you read it in the Word? Where he says his love is steadfast? Do you know how sovereign he is? How wise he is? How good he is? How holy he is? How loving he is towards you? How he entered the stadium? And he came and got you? How he checked out of the store and paid the price with his only son? 
how much that must have hurt. But he did it for you. You have only to believe. He wants to welcome you to the family today. You have only to believe. And he will give you an inheritance in Jesus Christ. Let me just take a second and bow your head, close your eyes, just kind of internalize what I'm saying to you. Makes me want to read the word more. Makes me want to know my father more. But maybe a start, maybe a start would just be accepting by faith what you just found out or what you do know. That Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to focus on Jesus next week. You can read and prepare. But we don't know what this week holds. I don't know if we'll all be back. And I don't want to miss this opportunity for you to decide, to believe that God is good, that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die, to pay the penalty for your sin, that you asking him for forgiveness, confess, believe, ask for forgiveness, and he will enter your life and your heart, and he will radically change you.